Welcome to Shoujo and Tell, where we discuss shoujo manga and tell who's hot and who's not, talk about themes, and just generally geek out. Today, February 10th, 2019, we'll be shoujo and telling about the series The Young Master's Revenge by Mecha Tanaka. I'm your host, Ashley McDonald, and I'm joined by Anna, longtime manga reviewer and librarian. Hey, Anna. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, can you tell people more about yourself? Because you do a lot with manga. Oh, I do. Um, I basically grew up reading comic books. My mom had like a stash of 1970s Marvel comic books, which I read when I was in elementary school. And I've been reading manga for a really long time. I think the first series that I collected was uh, My the Psychic Girl, back when uh, Viz was issuing manga in like floppy comic book formatted flipped issues. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was way back in the day. Um, so I really like shoujo and jose, jose manga. And I blog on Manga Report, which is part of the Manga Bookshelf network of bloggers. Yeah, you've been in this way longer than me. I'm just a schmuck who was like, hey, I like shoujo manga. I'm young and got into it in like 2000. I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, I feel like everyone can come to manga at different times in their life and it all works out really well. Yeah, always come to manga. Manga's good. Everybody yeah. should be reading it. All right. So first I want to explain, because I feel like I'm actually bad at this on previous episodes, that this beginning part will be a spoiler-free section. So if you have not read The Young Master's Revenge, uh, you can listen to us talk about it as an overview and, you know, see if it's your jam or not. And should you decide to go read The Young Master's Revenge, it is available from Viz Media in the U.S. in English. I cannot speak to the rest of the world. I only cover things that are in English here. But uh, yes, it's available from Viz. And uh, Anna, can you give people a brief overview of what The Young Master's Revenge is about? Sure. This is like a really kind of funny and lighthearted manga. Um, and basically, the two main characters, Leo and Tenma, were childhood friends. And she was a rich heiress, and he was more of a working class boy. Um, but they were kind of forced to be um, friends by their parents. But they have this terrible encounter in a turtle pond where Leo got bitten on the butt by snapping turtles. And he's very, very traumatized by this. Shortly after this incident, he moves to America, and he's gone for like 10 years so then he comes back to Japan as an heir to a successful clothing business. But Tenma's family has fallen on really hard times and she's no longer rich. So Leo's determined to make Tenma fall in love with him and then reject her so she will know his pain. <laughs> uh yeah, can we we agree that that's a very silly premise, right? <laughs> it is ridiculous. There are so many references to butt scars throughout the manga. Um, it's a little bit difficult to take take it very seriously. Yeah, I mean, once you get to the part where he gets bitten by turtles, you're like, I don't know, I'm here, I'm about this, sure, like, why not, let's go, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's very early on, uh, and I couldn't, I always just think, like, the second chapter opens and he's like, I hate turtles. <laughs> I'm just like, I think of the meme, there's like zombie kid meme where he's just like, I like turtles. And I'm like, where's the manga of that? Did that, was there a subtle reference to that in this manga? There should have been. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there really should have been. I really feel this very strongly. Uh, somebody go make me some manga about that. Um, but yeah, I really love that chapter two opening where he's just like, I hate turtles. <laughs> yeah. After having like a nightmare about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, basically. <laughs> his, uh, his, his trauma is definitely played for um, comedic effect throughout the series. Yeah, but sometimes it's like, am I supposed to take this seriously? Like, he, it, well, he wants to be like, I'm an evil person because, <laughs> because I got he bit is. on the butt by some turtles and I have scars from it. Literal scars. Yes. Um, I really loved the opening chapter where um, he's really built his personality around his eventual revenge so he's like extremely superficially charming and when the manga opens it shows him being um incredibly nice and and charming to everyone around him but then like all of his like sort of internal dialogue it's like 
it's time for me to start my revenge. <laughs> I've waited so long. I'm going to vanquish the girl who destroyed my pride. And so this this interior monologue is running against all of these scenes of him smiling at people and smoothing over um, social situations and just generally being like a super popular boy. So I love I love that contrast. And like, especially um, early on in the series, like it really drew me in to wanting to read it. Yeah, I just think it's very funny. I'm like, oh, this is a, a manga about like, personality politics versus character politics. <laughs> like, yeah. personality is you just do things when you know you're supposed to do them to make people like you in a manipulative way. And characters like you truly believe in being a good person. And, you know, Leo, like, slowly transitions from one to the other throughout. It's pretty good. He does. That's one of the nice things um, about the series is that you see him slowly becoming, like, more aware of his own emotions versus, like, the story he's been telling himself <laughs> about what he wants to do. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is your favorite aspect of the series? Is it this, like, comedic contrast yeah, I, I guess I really, I really do like that contrast between somebody who sort of starts out where he's very like blatant with his motivations, and then his motivations kind of start to change a little bit, and you can see him kind of still having that interior monologue, but it's more about him convincing himself what he wants to do to execute his revenge plan, even when he is sort of less enthusiastic about it. So there's actually a lot of there's a lot of character growth between all of these jokes about the terror of turtles. Um, <laughs> terror so turtles. so like all the all the turtle jokes, you know, combined with actual character growth that's really kind of touching. Um, it's it's kind of like a unique combination, and that's one of the reasons why I really like the series. Yeah, I realized it wasn't clear that the series is actually very short. It is only four volumes, and. I do feel that it takes a lot of twists and turns in those volumes and it does rely a lot on you like having read Choujo manga before I feel like you know you get all the tropes of like yes they go to an amusement park yes there's a student council and they have a weird rivalry <laughs> especially from like other manga that tackle social class like I thought a lot about Maid Sama throughout this in terms of like oh yes it's the rich kids versus the poor kids and student councils are the <laughs> the main way that they duke it out and they all have crushes on the girl and like whatever <laughs> it's fine yeah. i don't know i think yeah there are like tropes like that where you know yeah there's always going to be like a wacky student council president um <laughs> yeah. but you get two wacky student council presidents there are <laughs> yeah um which i think is a good thing but i think you know, Mecha Tanaka has like sort of a, a way of like making everything seem charming, even if you have seen um, wacky student council presidents many times before. There's something about I don't know if it's just like the turtle obsession or, <laughs> or what it is, but there's there's something about um, the series that still seems like kind of fresh to me, even when it's going through all of these shoujo plot plot points like, you know, sports events and competitions and, and things like that. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It's just, I think it's like, because it's so short, it relies on you having read shoujo manga before to like kind of fully get the jokes. Yeah. But also then it like subverts them sometimes in a lot of ways. Uh, like because it's just moving so rapidly through stuff, you're like, oh, I thought this was going to go differently. And then like, there's just, it just goes in a totally different way. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised actually <laughs> throughout these yeah. four volumes. Uh, so that's, yeah. a lot of, that's a lot of fun, actually. Um, it is. And I think it has the shoujo manga thing, too, where it's like, yeah, this premise is about a boy getting revenge on a girl who did an embarrassing thing to him 10 years ago. And then I feel like by volume two, like that premise is kind of thrown out the door as it gets more into like class politics <laughs> and like other things. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> shoujo manga just draws you in with one premise and then is like, we're going in a different way. <laughs> That's true. And I mean, I think I think one of the things that makes it kind of more interesting is because like pretty early on, like, you know, Tenma knows like what's happening and she's like, all right, I'll do my best to fall in love with you so you can get your revenge on me because <laughs> yeah. I like you and I and you're my friend and I want you to feel better. Um, so she's she's pretty forthright about accepting the wacky situation. You know, everything's kind of like out on the table really early. 
Um, so that's another thing that I thought was kind of refreshing. And it probably is due to the fact that the manga has to move so fast is that you can't really wait around for like two volumes dealing with a story where everybody's hiding their motivations and everything's secret. And then it comes out in a dramatic revelation. Yeah. Um, all of that's taken care of really pretty early, which is also kind of unique. Yeah, no, I think if you're like for listeners who haven't read this and are maybe intrigued by the silly premise, um, like <laughs> if you also get sick of all the misunderstandings that happen in, in shoujo manga, like this manga is like, I'm not messing around with that. We have a misunderstanding for like two pages and then it'll be resolved. It's fine. I'm like, exactly. yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because there's there's definitely some series that just kind of draw things out like that, like way too much. And so it really does move at kind of a breezy fast pace and that's that's pretty good I feel like it packs a lot of story into just four volumes and I wasn't you know dissatisfied or anything at the end of it sometimes with the shorter series you're like huh I really wish it had gone on for like six volumes or things weren't really wrapped up with all the supporting cast the way I wanted them to be but th this one is um, just really well executed I thought yeah, this one definitely is pretty well executed for a four-volume series. I was like, mm -hmm. I feel like the side characters got just enough that they deserved. And, like, uh, Leo and Tenma get their, their good ending. Like, you know, it mm -hmm. was good. It was solid. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> All right. So before we get into, like, really nitty-gritty spoilers of what happens in four volumes, I will give a spoiler warning. So if you have not read The Young Master's Revenge and you want to go read about a boy who was bitten by snapping turtles as a young boy and has scars on his butt, as you should, <laughs> um, <laughs> then you should stop here before we tell you more about what happens with him in Tenma and the wacky student council presidents, because they are great. Just so you know, uh, <laughs> go forth and read. Anybody who has read this already and wants to hear some more specifics, we're going to go to them now. Okay, so first, start real easy. Uh, we already mentioned some great scenes, obviously, but do you have any other particular favorite scenes that you want to mention? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the first chapter before, so that's not very spoilery, but it really is like one of my all-time favorite first chapters because it's so charming. I, I really like, you know, like all the times in the manga where um, Tenma sticks up for herself and her sort of like relentless determination to become a veterinarian, even though animals seem to hate her. <laughs> yeah. um, that's just something that I really enjoyed uh, throughout the manga. But yeah, there's there's a lot of really great scenes. Yeah, I, I, well, this isn't a scene, but in general, I really did appreciate in the beginning, I think I read the first volume a while, like when it first came out, and then I reread it for this podcast to read all the way through the series. And I remember disliking Tenma when I read only the first volume, but then I was like, no, Tenma is great by the end of this. I was like, Tenma knows what she wants, and she's like, nobody can tell me no, but she's also like very nice and honest in a way that's like super sincere. And I'm like, no, Tenma's, Tenma's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, you know, as a heroine, she kind of takes a little bit like of time to grow on the reader. And I think it's mostly because, you know, it's not necessarily like her point of view. Yeah. So I think sort of like seeing her from the outside, you know, and, and what she's willing to do and how she wa actually really wants to support Leo, like as the as the series unfolds, you realize that she, for somebody who like grew up super rich, she really has like no ego. She's really kind of naive about a lot of things. Um, yeah. But she also kind of like has this really sort of strong inner personality of like, you know, she knows what she wants. You know, she's committed to it. And her not picking up um, social cues is like sometimes really pretty adorable. Like when people are being mean to her and she's like, oh, that's OK. Well, thanks for talking to me. Um, and she just kind of like breezes it off. So there's all these, um, you know, when the people are trying to like mean girl her, like she yeah. just, it has no effect, which is, which is pretty great. I mean, maybe part of my turn on Tenma. Well, first I think it's good because in the manga, you know, Leo starts out hating her and you're like, yeah, I hate her too. And then as he starts to not hate her, you're like, oh yeah, Tenma's great. <laughs> like it actually is very effective at doing the thing that it wanted to do. And I'm like, awesome. But also I, you know, read Kimi Todake recently for this podcast and I'm like oh yeah that tendency of Tenma trying like people trying to mean girl Tenma and Tenma just being like I don't get it you guys are nice I like you 
is very much like the protagonist of Himini Shotoke, Sawako, who's just like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's really true. So I'm just a really nice person. And everybody's like, it's confounding. I don't understand. It is. And it's it's kind of um, it's funny. There are some scenes of her like because she she sees like how much better Leo is at managing like social situations. Um, and like sometimes she's like kind of like sitting back and like taking notes on like how he's navigating the treacherous waters of like high school socialization and class. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's all these things that she just has never thought of before. So that's that is kind of fun. Yeah, and she's like, what? Food has expiration dates? I don't know. Shruggy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, Tenma. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... So my favorite scene is actually very much towards the end, which is when Tenma copydons Leo. <laughs> and like, he had done it a couple times to her before, but then there's very dramatic like love confession. It's when... Leo has just confessed to the whole school about the scars on his butt, <laughs> as one does <laughs> over the PA that he like hijacked. And then Tenma's like, oh my God, no, Leo, like I want to protect you from this horrible thing that was forced on you. And now you've like confessed a very embarrassing thing to everybody in school. And she's like, no, don't show them the scars. And then she copied on him and we're like, yes. More girls <laughs> should copy Don boys. Absolutely. It's nice to see like sort of the gender reversal of that. And it and it kind of goes with ha- with this manga having um, being more on like the male protagonist side. But um, but yeah, it is pretty awesome. Yes, this is also I'm like, this is why Tema's great. Tema's great. But I also do really love the character of Cho- Tojo, who is the student council president of their poor school, <laughs> Suzaku. Not the rich school. <laughs> Different crazy student council president for that one. Uh, Tojo is everything I love. She Her introduction being like, I'm swinging a bamboo stick at rich people. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> then she looks real pretty on her not date with Leo. <laughs> yeah. Actually, out of all the supporting characters, I have to say, I like. I wish we had like a little bit more of her. Yeah, Just, more like, Tojo. Maybe a couple more scenes. That would have been cool. I know. Like, Tojo was not used to the utmost effectiveness that she could have been. But, like, she was still real good. <laughs> so I was like, I would read a manga about Tojo. <laughs> like, yeah. Give she me has an awesome angry face. Like, and she's great at yelling at people, which sometimes, you know, that just needs to happen. Yeah, that totally just needs to happen. Yeah. And <laughs> the student council looking like a little gang. I'm like, I love it. They're the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty epic. Yeah, and then so we did just mention that this is a shoujo manga from the point of view of a male lead, which I feel like is because has is having a little moment. Yeah, I think you're right with um, some of the things that have been coming out recently, and I think I think it really um, it pulls it off really well, actually. Yeah, I think it does really well too. I mean, the only other ones. So I've read the first volume of Hasuharu, which is. I mean, that guy tries to be like he's bad, too, but, you know, he's 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 good. He's fine, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> then Wake Up Sleeping Beauty, which I really, really loved. It was really great from the point of view of male protagonist. It was really good. Uh, I would agree that this one's pretty good. Um, I really like that it comes around on Tenma. Like, it's like, oh, Tenma, what an annoying girl. Just JK. <laughs> not, yeah. not annoying. Um, I couldn't think... Like, I'm like, is three enough to be a movement? Do I, am I missing some key ones with male leads? I think like my love story for sure. Oh, yeah. And then there's one that I'm not remembering, but where, um, you know, like the main character has to hide his love of crafting and domestic things. And I'm like totally blanking on the title. I'll like Mm. remember it eventually. But that was, that was another really good one. Oh, I guess technically behind, is it behind the scenes? No. Are we no, thinking of a different there's one? there's like another one. Behind the scenes does count though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, that, that that has a male lead. I've only read one volume of that so far, but I liked it. It was good. It's by the Oran High School Host Club, Disco Tori. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, that one's really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Shoujo with male leads. I'm about it. I'm okay with it. <laughs> They're doing a good. It's good to mix things up a little bit um, and then just having... Um, 
having a little bit of a different perspective on like a love story makes it uh, makes it more interesting. Yeah, we don't, we you know shojo is great because it's more gender equal and stuff than <laughs> what mm-hmm. Shonen Jump has one series with a female lead, The Promised Neverland. Come on, Shonen Jump, get get it together. <laughs> shonen titles step up your game exactly Uh, (laughs) yeah and then i don't know otherwise about this manga like i personally just always really love stories that are about social class just because that feels real to me on a personal level like uh and just like you know i was pleasantly surprised by that by volume two it was like oh and now we're gonna move to a poor school because that makes sense because tenma's poor now and she's like wait i could go to a school that doesn't cost a kajillion dollars like why didn't you tell me that before leo (laughs) like what's up yeah um you know like one thing that i really liked is that um she's pretty accepting of her changed circumstances like again like i think it goes to like her lack of ego you know, she doesn't really spend a lot of time complaining about how, um, you know, she doesn't have all of these like nice things or um, the trappings of being um, rich anymore. She's just kind of really like forthright and like, okay, well, my mansion's being knocked down. All right. Well, what do I do now? You know? <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can live on a, in a tent. That's fine. <laughs> like, very yeah. shoujo female protagonist <laughs> orphan way of doing things. Oh, there's another Viz series called um, Komono Confisory, which is very much kind of like this with like a rich girl who's um, reduced to being a servant, except it's much more centered around food. Have you read that at all? I have not read that. Oh, okay. Actually, I really liked young master's revenge more because it was a little bit less malicious about this social class reversal which i mean i think it's just generally like just like a much cuter kind of like happier series than that but i think like not dwelling too much on oh you were rich and now you're like super poor like (laughs) that's hilarious It, it kind of makes like young master's revenge more of like kind of an easy simple like escape kind of read yeah and I like how it it, you know at least acknowledges that reality but is like I'm not gonna get caught up in it and similarly with Leo Leo came from being poor to being super rich but you never feel that at all like he has a servant Issei throughout that he summons at will and like all these things and you know, he goes to the rich people school and everybody's like that's fine initially but in comparison to say you know Barazono, the student council lead of the rich school Genbu, you just never feel it with Leo. Like Leo also lacks an ego of a, a rich person, except in the beginning a little bit when he's purposely trying to be malicious. He's like, I, yeah. you know, I'm the son of the CEO of Taurus. <laughs> and like, yeah, you're wearing all my clothes. He kind of like expresses his richness more like, you know, when he does start going to like a regular public school, he like tries to donate like workout gear to everyone yeah Um, so he tends to to leverage his richness a little bit more to hopefully do like nice things for people as opposed to um like being a snob yeah and I guess the scene that is a little bit confusing is that like you know because he has so much lack of ego in this way and like you know it's harder to be like oh I you know, he came from nothing. Now he has stuff, but he's like, oh, I still have like a poorer person's mentality about a lot of things. And that's why Tenma annoys him in the beginning when he, mm-hmm. where he's like, you just don't know anything about anything. <laughs> yeah. Baffling. And that's kind of irritating. Like, how do you grow up so sheltered and, and not know like basic things about how the world works? Yeah. But he's like, she's... how do you not know what a public school is? I didn't think exactly. I had to explain it to you. <laughs> uh sort of deal but yeah like barazona you know comes to tenma's new apartment that's a piece of crap and like leaks and the window falls out and so like leo's trying to just fix the window on his own or whatever he thinks he's doing uh but barazona's like i had the landlord like remodel the apartment overnight and you're like all right yeah and that's hilarious that was also like a scene where like the the art was so funny since he's like nicknamed like the Rose King and like all of a sudden Tenma has like Rose paneling um, in her apartment, um, 
yeah so that was that was kind of like a cute like little touch but she's very dense and doesn't get it (laughs) yeah and she's is she like living next to a member of the yakuza like that's kind of hinted at i'm not really sure Oh, yeah. Her neighbor is... Mm. <laughs> He's got a lot of tattoos. So I always tend to to think that she's um, she is living in a super sketchy neighborhood and she just does not notice it at all. So I mean, that's one way to survive. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> that's one defense mechanism, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if he has tattoos, this manga definitely relies on the trope of like tattoos are very bad in Japan. Yeah. With the, the rumor that goes around about Leo. Since Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, somebody sees, even though he was trying to hide it, in a scene where the rich kids and the poor kids are hanging out together in a communal bath, apparently somebody sees the scars on his butt, and then they, uh, you know, spread a rumor that he has actually tattoos all over his back and stuff, and they're like, oh my god, he's a member of a gang. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, Japan. (laughs) I know. Well, one of the things that's, you know, this whole sort of turtle scar butt thing throughout the manga um which is like touching even though it's hilarious is that Tenma is so determined to attempt to um protect Leo from any further trauma of people like finding out about his secret is that she will just really go the extra mile to sort of like intervene and try and make things better for him and that's that I think is like one of the ways that you see like the the reader ends up liking her more as the series develops because she's so committed to doing her bit for friendship. Yeah, so she forces the lights to go out uh, and is found in a compromising position with <laughs> with Barazono uh, because he is very frail and like they fell over and fainted or something. Yeah. Uh, something weird happened with them. You know, sho- shoujo manga hijinks happened. <laughs> exactly. It's all a misunderstanding. <laughs> it's got to happen at some point. So you got to have your misunderstandings, they exist. But then this manga just like immediately resolves them. And you're like, that's fine. We didn't drag this out for like 10 volumes. That's nice. (laughs) That is what's really nice about this series for sure. Uh, Yeah. And I don't know. Just with social class, I was like, I feel like this did a solid just acknowledging it, being like it's a thing that exists. You can get over it. Uh, Just be nice to each other, you know. It's good. I was like, all right, that's that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think like the fact that like, Tenma's ultimate goal is like to work as a vet that kind of cuts across um, some of the social class stuff because she's she really doesn't want sort of like the rich princess life that was originally envisioned for her. So I think in in some ways, this manga is more like about, oh, you like you actually you actually need to like grow up and, and work hard in your chosen profession, which is like a good which is like a good message message, I think. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, just generally, it was still, like, the right amount of empathetic to the rich kids being, like, oh, they they have tons of stuff, but they're never free because now they're, like, trapped by their own dumb, like, stereotypes of exactly uh, having to stay at the top and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. I mean, I still think overall that I'm, like, you know, because it's so brief, and everything i'm like this is not like my favorite series but it reminds me a lot of maid sama and i love maid sama to death that's my favorite series so. oh i don't like it at all you don't like maid sama? <laughs> oh no i really oh, love misaki like misaki is my you know patronus or something <laughs> i love um i love misaki i can't get over what was the name of the main protagonist in maid sama he was like too one. mean yeah uh, U- usui yeah he was like too mean i think like i i did read like several volumes i didn't read that whole series to the end oh it gets wacky by the end the end is not good (laughs) i don't know like i think after like i think i probably read like six or seven volumes of it and then i was just like i can't take it like i can't i can't root for this couple because i just found um asui to be like so unsympathetic so but that's okay. You know, like one of the nice things about shoujo is that there's like manga for everyone. There's manga for and, everyone. Um, oh, and I remembered um, the manga that I, I was thinking of earlier that I couldn't remember was Otomen by Aya Kano. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's about this guy who loves like knitting and making stuffed animals and he has to hide his like 
in her feminine side. Um, so if you if you are looking for like another series with shoujo series with a male protagonist, that's another one I would I would hold up there as being um, really good. Yeah, I just need to start making a list of that and be like, here's a thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is a thing for sure. Yeah. Well, I would try to say that you should give Maid Sama another chance, but I don't think that that's like, if you read six volumes, it's like. No, like I I, tr- I really tried. <laughs> I read it. I read it when it first came out when because Tokyo Pop was putting it out first. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it when Tokyo Pop was putting it out and then like I tried again when Viz was re-releasing it and you know it's just um it's just not for me I think. <laughs> I accept that. I accept that answer. All right. But I'm still in love with Misaki. <laughs> That's okay. I mean I can I can see why. I mean she is awesome. I just I I thought that she suffered too much. And I just <laughs> cannot get into it. Yeah, I think actually I don't know. Well, the second half of that series is more about like Usui's problems but like Misaki doesn't stop suffering so yeah no <laughs> no good yeah I think I just felt that too deeply I was like I can't I can't can't carry on with this anymore but that's, that's what's nicer honestly about like you know Young Master Re- Young Master's Revenge is, is really short at four volumes so it's much less of a time investment to just get into and that's it's it's nice to have a balance between I think like more long-running series and like shorter series that are kind of like just done and more self-contained because I have like too many stacks of like unread series just like sitting <laughs> around my house and then I feel guilty um for yeah. not getting to them so it's nice it's just nice to be able to like read a story and finish it for once yeah no it's difficult especially when it's like oh this this series is still coming out how long have I been collecting this oh like five years oh my goodness yeah. I'm never I'm gonna die before it ends <laughs> God. Yeah, I'm so far behind. Yeah, did you have any particular thoughts about the Tanaka's art in particular? Her arts, like, I mean, I think you find this a lot with like shoujo mangas that, you know, her art seems like relatively simple, but she really invests the time on like just facial expressions. So you really kind of get a sense of like what her characters are thinking and how sometimes that contrasts um, with the dialogue. And I, I really liked how when Leo's revenge and like the specter of this revenge is sort of manifested as this um, thorny vine that just Mm. sort of like just snakes in around all the panels. So having that darkness conveyed um, in a way kind of like sets off sort of the more breezy light elements of the manga or like, you know, cute turtles that are also terrifying. (laughs) Um, but you have that sort of like emotional aspect of the revenge manifested, you know, in a symbol, which I thought was really effective. Yeah. And then we even get the moment like in the real time of the manga where I guess it's when Barazona has sent Tenma a bunch of roses and she's trying to set them up in her new apartment. And Leo sees her holding one and is like, no, I'm jealous. So he goes over and like hugs her and squeezes her hand but then there's a thorn in the rose that pricks her right. and then he feels bad and i'm like oh yeah it's the actual manifestation of your inner turmoil right here is happening exactly yeah it's it's nice to have those touches of like you know the revenge you know actually being something serious and and like contributing to emotional torment so i thought that yeah like the series it does it does sort of initially seem like much more breezy and on the surface, but it, it does kind of head into more of, you know, people's inner thoughts and feelings. And that's really well done with the art. Yeah. And I would say that even though the premise is very silly, I guess like the only thing that ever made me annoyed was when Tenma was like, what is love basically? And I was like, Tenma, come on. <laughs> like- that's true. I mean, <laughs> she is, she is naive to a ridiculous degree but I don't know I feel like you can't have this kind of like broad comedic premise without characters being also like almost criminally clueless (laughs) that's yeah but that's the only thing but otherwise like even though even when it you know the moments where it gives levity to its silly premise uh like when Leo confesses to the whole school that he has butt scars I was like (laughs) I feel like Somehow this was pulled off correctly. Yeah. Like, so yeah. This... 
I mean, it is so ridiculous, but then you're like reading it and you, you do kind of get pulled in. So I think, you know, Tanaka's just really good at like instilling that like suspension of disbelief in the reader where, <laughs> yeah. you know, before you know it, you have read four volumes of a manga where like turtle butt scarves come up pretty often. And you're like, and that's not weird. You know? And that's not weird. <laughs> no. That's totally normal. That's a thing that happens. Exactly. It totally makes sense. I like when she was in one of her sidebars, she was like, it was supposed to be on his pecker, but they were like, it's a shoujo manga. You can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does have like some pretty good sidebars. Like sometimes like, you know, the authors, they have like really lame sidebars like, oh, I've started collecting hand lotion or (laughs) I'm so tired. Yeah. Um, but she she actually has some like kind of cool stories of her life and her whole thing where she um, personifies her issues with her copy machine was actually like really funny. So there's just I don't know. There's like just a good sense of humor throughout the manga. Yeah, she, that even continues in her sidebars. Yeah, because I her sidebars definitely made me be like, oh, this is a person with a a decently balanced life, which I feel like I don't normally get. Yeah, in shoujo manga stuff where they're like. I played Final Fantasy sometimes. <laughs> I stayed up until like 3 a.m. I'm like, this is no good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to go outside. But all of hers are like, I went traveling. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Great time. Exactly. I personified my copy machine as if he's like a mean cat brat or something. I'm like, Great. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. Fun. It is fun. Yeah. No, the art was really cute. And like, you know, again, as. Leo increasingly thinks that Tenma is cute. Like I, the art went along with it, and I was like, "Yeah, Tenma is cute. That's true. It's just damn." <laughs> like, all right, I'm into Tenma. All right. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, but yes, I guess the ultimate question is like, how did we feel? They both get to confess their love to each other at different times. And was all the I don't know what love is scenes was it all worth it for their were their love confessions good? <laughs> I liked it. I think that's that's also like part of the benefit of like having a shorter series is like I didn't feel like I was I mean, like, you know, what's going to happen at the beginning of the series, like in the first chapter. <laughs> right. You're like, yeah. you can't fake love somebody and then not have it turn into real love. That's how this always works. That's how it exactly. goes. Exactly. But like with with this kind of um, with this four volume length, you know, you're not waiting around forever for it to happen. So I, I thought like the pacing was really good. And and like all the, oh, I'm getting my revenge. Oh, I'm not getting my revenge. Okay, I'll let you get my revenge. Like, all all of that kind of stuff. You know, it, it wasn't too drawn out. So I, I felt like pacing wise with the story and plot, um, it just it worked really well. Yeah, I actually like loved how many like, mental hoops they have to jump through to make their misunderstandings like they're pretty funny because it's just so mentally confounding like Tenma is like oh my god you know now Leo has like confessed that he has butt scars but only I can see them and like (laughs) I'm like jealous and I have to run to copy it on him so that he doesn't show anybody and I'm just like what is happening right now (laughs) or she the you know she's like I can't tell Leo that I like him because then he'll reject me and I'm just like oh my god because like that's the premise of what he set up for her and stuff and I'm like okay (laughs) yeah uh, and it's just, that also it's somehow that ridiculousness s- still feels real because I feel like anytime humans are like so silly anytime we're like oh my god but do they like me it's like you don't want to believe the easiest path you're like it must be some crazy psychological <laughs> like weird thing they don't like me that's just a misunderstanding the misunderstanding is that they could ever like me sort of deal I'm like all right cool yeah <laughs> No, it works out well. I mean, like both the protagonists are kind of equally clueless about love in somewhat different ways. So it's it's nice. It's a good it's a good solid ending to the series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what I that's what I like the most about like the social class issues too. And you know, just generally, it was really nice to see uh, them outwardly acknowledge, like blatantly, be like the problem with our relationship is that we currently do not, like, value each other the same. Like, we are not equals Mm -hmm. (laughs) because Tenma is now, like, 
under my stewardship or like Leo is taking care of her basically. And he's like, that, that can't work. Like she doesn't value herself enough and I'm not treating her with enough value. So like, this is no good. And I liked after his confession to her where he like didn't let her talk, which was rude, but then he immediately was like, yeah, I did a bad, like I didn't let her respond to me and that was bad. So I like that Leo is always like immediately acknowledges his mistakes. Yeah, I, th- I thought at the end, though, I was like, she really had to take on more of the weight of like being a bigger person, in a sense, you know, mm. um, which I guess I was a little bit annoyed about. Like, I was like, wow, like, she's kind of doing like more of the emotional, emotional labor, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of led into like the final confession, um, and everything working out really well. But I also liked that she was like, immediately like really aware of how she should have been treated, but wasn't. And she wasn't really afraid of like expressing her emotions over that. Yeah. She was mad that Leo didn't let her talk too. And yeah. I was like, correct. <laughs> and actually, I mean, like some of the panels of her having like angry face, like it's, it's pretty hilarious. Like she is almost literally in flames at one point. Um, so that's, it's pretty great. Yeah, and it's nice to see her be mad about it, and rightly so, because she's so rarely mad. Like, because she, whenever people mean girl her, she's just like, oh, you're a nice person. I like you. What are you doing? What? You don't like me? What? And I don't, like, she doesn't understand that. But this time, she's like, I do understand. This was wrong. I had a thing I wanted to say, and Leo didn't, doesn't understand how I feel. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> no, I really, I really thought that, like, the whole, like, love convention, love confession, it really kind of just amped up sort of the emotional content of the manga in the last volume, which was great. Yeah. So I guess we should, we can, you know, obviously Leo and Tenma were always going to be the ultimate end ship, but we, we are presented with many other other possibilities and <laughs> other couples that get together, so we should express some feelings about them. Okay, just in general, this will bring up some characters that have not gotten as much attention maybe as they should in this talk, but like... I did feel that Barazono as a character was like the weakest link in this. I be- just because I don't even remember his motivations for like stealing Tenma in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's, I mean, like a incredibly rich student council president is like sort of like a very generic character. And like, it's like, oh, well, you don't really have any more he's a little bit more of a generic antagonist, like throwing his money around or just like showing up to the poor school with like people throwing a red carpet in front of him. So it's a little, it's a little hard to really take him seriously, but he's, he's kind of like best used as sort of like a, a means to actually make Leo jealous, which he was effective at that. He was, I guess I just, it seemed like in the beginning that he was going to be an evil, like, again, I had some expectations set up from, Made Sama, where the mm. student council dude there, I believe his name is Tora, uh, you know, he's super evil and like terrible. And but then he eventually, spoilers, falls in love with Misaki too. But like, obviously, because who doesn't fall in love with Misaki? <laughs> but <laughs> obviously, so but like, you know, he was just he's like actually a genuinely bad person, but he also has motivations. And I just felt like Barazono initially was set up to be like some evil person, like he kidnaps Tenma. Uh, like he has, he had some grudge against Leo cause he is also a rich person and he's like, I want to blackmail him. And then those reasons just like completely fall by the wayside and he's just like, Oh, actually I just genuinely love Tenma. And I'm like, what? I don't, <laughs> I don't see this. I didn't, didn't buy I know. this. I think he's kind of like rich and bored and just, um, <laughs> trying to find something to focus on to entertain himself. Even if that's like <laughs> random romance with girls who are not that into him (laughs) but I yeah you can't really you can't really take him too seriously I was so glad at the end though that he actually got his own little side romance though yeah do you support Tojo and Barazono I totally do (laughs) nice I thought that was cute I mean I saw it coming I was like all right obviously the student council president's gonna get together yeah but I thought that that was excellent because I thought that she would really, um, you know, call him out when he's being like an idiot. So really, he could not end up with like a better person because he's often an idiot. Yeah. 
I think the uh, the the amusement park scene that they had, like again, it's just like you know a whirlwind of things happen, but always like that one scene, you're like, all right, I, I buy it. So like they have an amusement after their date has gone bad, like Tojo's fake date basically with Leo following Barizono's real date with Tenma. Yeah. Uh, they have the scene where you know, like Tojo's like, no, you're. You're like sad. We were having a moment, and then like he calls her at some point to be like, "I was blatantly rejected by Tenma," and she like runs to him, being like, "You have nobody to talk to, because you're a rich person and y'all don't share your feelings." So like, I'm here. Talk to me. I'm like, oh, that's cute. yeah. No, that was cute. I like that part. <laughs> yeah, so I can buy it, but obviously, I I liked the one moment where like Tenma hugs tojo and tojo's like i'm kind of like into like she's embarrassed and she's like i'm like into this i'm like i'm i could i could dig it <laughs> but no so tenma and barizona was always a no i was like y'all have no chemistry barizona why are you yeah. trying stop trying well a person we haven't mentioned so far is gamada who was initially supposed to be tenma's fiance there was supposed to be a marriage meeting between them uh that leo foils but then Gamada becomes a spy for Leo and also He's just more creepy, though. Yeah. I mean, Gamada's just kind of creepy and kind of like lurking in the corner and wanting to collect <laughs> pictures of Tenma, which I'm yeah. like, that that kind of um, stalkery behavior you cannot support. He's Tenma, Tenma Otaku to a, to a fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so there's there's really no way that that can ever actually happen. I know. Well, did you actually like part of me was like, obviously, he's creepy and I don't support his behavior. But like as a dude, he seemed fairly OK. I mean, I guess I think that's like another reason why this this series like is, you know, just sort of breezy and entertaining because he he does have these problematic tendencies, but it's not. It's not as creepy as it certainly like can be in other series. <laughs> yeah, as it would be in real life. <laughs> like, yes, yes. It's more like, oh, yeah, there's that guy kind of in the corner being slightly creepy. But let's just, you know, move on to the main part of the action here. So so, yeah, I mean, it's it's he's also a character who it's like hard to take very seriously. He has a moment where he tries to, like, justify. He's like, Barazona has me following you. And then he's like, not for anything creepy, I think. I don't know. Wait, <laughs> let me think about it. I mean, I think, again, he he also kind of serves the purpose of making Leo, like, worried, you know, that he was once her Tenma's intended fiance. So that also kind of forces him to think about Tenma in a different way, which is, you know, useful for the sake of moving the plot along a little bit. <laughs> Yeah. But yes. Oh, then we had Leo and Tojo. Tojo was really into Leo. And I thought yeah. that was kind of adorable. It was. But it's like you don't want to you don't want to be um, in love with a guy who like hates another girl so much. It is clearly love like that. <laughs> don't mess with that. It's too much. No. Tojo, it was doomed always from the start. Always. I actually really wanted Tojo like. This guy had no, maybe he had speaking parts, but I don't think he was named. But like the dude who had uh, very clearly like some dyed hair in the student council, I was like, they would make a good power couple. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Like when like the student council sort of presented this this like random group that's just kind of often glaring at like. Events. I liked them. They were fine. Yeah. Uh, yes, but obviously Leo and Tenma have crushed on each other since they were five which is yeah. maybe weird but you know shoujo well, manga we're here <laughs> happen in shoujo manga an awful lot so. yeah i do again i still appreciate that they leave they're like i don't know if this will last but my present feeling is that i want to be with you forever and i'm like yeah that's love that's all you could hope like you don't know it's about what you feel in the moment and you currently feel that and that's valid <laughs> that's a valid feeling it's good I mean I liked there was like this whole like flash forward 10 years after the main storyline ended and and that's oh, yeah. you know that was pretty cute I liked it it was cute but I was like did I need this I feel like You're I right. never need that. <laughs> you never need it. I don't know. I kind of like it anyway. <laughs> it's like you get it. You get an ending, and then you get like an extra ending. Um, <laughs> although you could, it, it easily could have ended like you know that one chapter earlier without that. 
Yeah, totally. I could have easily done that. But yeah, that's also where you get clear Tojo and Barazono things too. So like, yeah, I'm fine with it. It was fine. Yeah, it was a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah. Unnecessary, but fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have any other final thoughts about this short and sweet series? Oh, just overall, I liked it. I was I, I was actually like really surprised as I was reading like the fourth volume, like how much how emotionally compelling it was, um, considering that it is like a more comedic series. So it's just it was really just kind of a nice, short, refreshing, refreshing manga to read. Like if you're kind of slogging through like a multi-volume series, like I'd really recommend this as like kind of like a nice break or if you've been um reading stuff with like too much tragedy or or whatever like (laughs) it's just it's just like a fun series to read yeah if you've been trying to read along with this podcast and i've made you now slog through fruits basket and kimi ni todake recently and you just want a break (laughs) here it is i'm here for you (laughs) like i'm always here for you (laughs) this is silly but i also really love that because leo grew up in america I feel like that wasn't emphasized. There were moments where that was emphasized to a degree that I appreciated. But then the best is obviously when he's like, doesn't know about Genbu, Suzaku and the four gods and stuff. Oh Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, wait, we go to a school where the mascot is portrayed as a turtle. We cannot yes. do that. Need to get out. <laughs> I was like, oh. that was awesome. I love that. That was like some some cute cute in jokes with him kind of not getting this sort of essential piece of culture that was a nice touch i know i was like this is the proper way to use i lived in america for 10 years and i don't know stuff and he was so traumatized when he found out that his school mascot was the turtle that was pretty great yeah he also had to transfer immediately to suzaku so there we go (laughs) that's this manga y'all it's great thanks for listening to shoujo and tell comments questions concerns Need to gush about your OTP? Email shoujoandtell at gmail.com or leave a comment on shoujoandtell.com slash youngmastersrevenge. We're at shoujoandtell on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Anna, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Uh, you can find me on the Manga Report blog, the Manga Bookshelf blog, and I'm on Twitter as TangoNat. Yeah, I assume that you tweet a lot about manga. <laughs> I do. Yeah, so, you know, if you want all the hot takes on the manga, go, go follow Anna. <laughs> um, and if you've been enjoying the podcast, please leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher. This will help the podcast reach more hearts, or at least ears. Thanks again for listening. I'm actually not sure what the next episode will be because I am still recovering from moving across the country. Yay, me. Okay. It's either probably going to be my love story or everyone's getting married. Don't take me at my word, though. There's lots of possibilities. We are, we've are we only covered, you know, like, whatever, 25 series. So much more shoujo manga to go, y'all. <laughs> we'll get there. Stay tuned to find out what it is next time. Until then, bye. Bye. <laughs>